Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Today we're diving into the crevasse, the title of the second episode of 30 Rock Season 4, and of Tracy Jordan's porn parody based on Liz's life. In a post-dealbreaker's world, Liz is dealing with the fallout of her takes, which are all over the place. <laughs> That's the name of our companion podcast. It's fun and it's cute. In other plot points, Jack and Devin reuni- reunite to star in some gay SMR, and Kenneth adopts a dodo of dogs. That's 27 dogs. Let's dive in. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out, unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. Uh, yes, Mr. Geis, of course. Well, I'll only be in D.C. for the day, but if I find time, I'll be sure to go see Fonzie's jacket. You sit on it as well. <laughs> hey, if you're going to D.C., I lost my retainer there during a junior high field trip. What can I do for you, Lemon? Well, I wanted to give you a copy of my book. They used your blurb. Lemon numbers among my employees. Sir, your bus to Washington leaves in half an hour. You're taking a bus? I have to. Ever since these buffoons from Detroit took private planes, the rest of us have to put on a show. And now your president, who, by the way, is Kenyan and smokes cigarettes, has created an industry task force for microwaves and small appliances. Why? Do you need to be bailed out with my tax dollars? Even if they wanted to, I wouldn't take it. It's corporate welfare, Lemon. Granted, the microwave industry isn't what it used to be, and the American love affair with the microwave oven has cooled since its post-war heyday. And she told her daddy she was doing the microwave. Do the microwave, rah, rah, Do the microwave, Did that happen? But unlike Detroit, we don't need handouts or regulation. I'm going to go down there, talk circles around these hacks, and catch the afternoon bus back to Chinatown. Now, where was the last place you remember having your retainer? I took it out to eat astronaut ice cream at the Air and Space Museum. I never saw it, but did you guys watch whatever that movie was where James Franco eats his arm off or whatever? 20, 120, 100 and something hours. <laughs> oh, is it? It's hours, not days? I think it's hours, yeah. 127, like 127 hours. hours. Yeah. Did you guys see it? No. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. How much That's too many would it hours. take to, to saw off your own fucking arm? I mean, honestly... If I was down in that crevasse without nicotine for 30 minutes, 30 minutes. It would take me 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm glad that I said earlier that he bit his own arm off. Pretty sure it was a saw. <laughs> I mean, you do what you can. <laughs> when 127 hours, you're also hungry. Oh, my God. Famished. So that has nothing to do with anything, but it just made me think of that. In <laughs> <laughs> oh, because he's in a crevasse. <laughs> yes. And then I thought of there was like an episode... There's something else where somebody has to go down. Is it a somebody porn cuts- parody based on Liz Lemon's life? Oh my god, that porn parody at the end makes me very uncomfortable. And um, only one of them is a porn star. Really? Yeah. Liz. Shocking, I know. Um, my preconceived notions of this episode is that I used to, I loved it, and then I went back and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Any overall thoughts before we dive deep and basically do a teleplay of the entire episode again? Some of us well, I mean, accents. it was surprisingly rich, and there were so many subplots. I don't remember there being that many. I forgot that Devin came back. That was a shock to me. 
when I was thinking about the episode. I knew that like Tracy and every and Jenna and everyone else was pissed at Liz, which like is every episode, but specific to uh, deal breakers. But no, I didn't remember um, the Kenneth bit about him volunteering at a shelter, which came out of nowhere, but was also amazing. It was cute, super fun. Totes adorbs. Totes cute. So the episode opens and Liz is walking downtown in New York and walks by a bookstore front and we've got Milton Green's book about President Carter. <laughs> and then Dr. Spichemin's book about the cigarette diet. Amazing. And then Liz's book, Deal Breakers, A Guide to Shutting It Down. <laughs> and then the guy, there's a bookstore employee who is John Glazer, who played Councilman Jeremy Jam from Parks and Rec, who is the JJ. most punchable face of any <laughs> It does. <laughs> Don't you think? Bam. Oh, Absolutely. A and fucking he has zero Law and Order credits of any kind. So <laughs> maybe he wrote for Conan, but he wasn't been on Law and Order yet. Not even as like a body. But this feels very Julie Sunderland, very Liz Lemon. Like it's me, I'm Liz Lemon. It's my post, my, it's my book. I'm so excited. I wrote that. And he pulls up the book. And he's like, if your man is over thirty and so is a name tag to work, that's a deal breaker. But not you, Mike. It's not you. <laughs> Now, Mike goes to town on the cutout of Liz, which would be very upsetting to watch. It was a cutout of your face and your body, and someone's ripping it apart and punching in the face. Well, it's like, I mean, he just wants to no longer qualify for the deal breaker's deal breaker by getting fired from that job. Because there's no way Obviously. he's retained his job after that situation. I do love Liz's response, which is just like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing to your cutout, Mike. Oh, wait, you don't fucking have one. Splamo, another successful interaction with a man. Boom. Ah, I've I've appropriated that line into my daily life. Like daily life. Another successful interaction with a man. I'll say it with guests because I'll go over to a table and then the servers will watch me. They're like my little like gang of goslings because they're like, oh, he's going to say something real weird. And I always do. I'm like, blammo. Another successful interaction with a guest. But and then does your theme song kick in? But about a bound. It does. Yeah. Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas. Oh, we need theme songs. When Danny Rojas comes out in Ted Lasso and is singing his own theme song, it makes me as happy as I can be. Jamie Tart do 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 do. Jamie Tart do 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 do. We need our own theme songs. So Liz enters Jack's office. He's talking to Don Geist on the phone, having a really awesome conversation. He's going to be in DC for the day, but he will find time to go see Fonzie's jacket. <laughs> Ah, you sit guys. on it as well. Did you guys ever watch Happy Days? I know you're young, but yeah, I mean, I've never. Yeah, we watch. I mean, I've never seen like all of it, like a whole episode, or you've never seen like the whole thing. The whole thing. There's got to be like what, fifty, sixty seasons. But you know, when he's like, sit on it, Patsy, sit on it. Ralph. Yeah, like that's like, and that Chachi is like a right wing psycho QAnon person now. Yes. <laughs> I found Chachi very attractive for some reason. That um, headband wrapped around his leg. I was like, oh, he's a rebel. Well, you know, Julie, Joni, they all love Chachi. Charles in charge of our dates and our nights. Creepy. What was he doing with them at night? Yeah, thank you. Exactly. So Liz, out of nowhere, being very centralist of herself, says, if you're going to D.C., I lost my retainer there during my junior high field trip. He cuts her off like, what can I do for you, Lemon? She's like, I want to start by giving you a copy of my book. They used your blurb. When she is mouthing it, when he reads this terrible <laughs> so blurb. so cute. Oh, my God. Lemon numbers among my employees. She's like, yes. <laughs> she just wants to be 
acknowledge, you know? It was Who super cute. Who does so Jonathan comes in and he's telling Jack it's time to go to Washington and they have to like prep him because the CEOs are all in trouble for having taken private jets to a meeting in November of some sort. So he uh, takes off Jack's watch. He puts an American flag pin on. He puts a label, a JCPenney label over his tie, which is a made up store's name. I guess <laughs> in another episode, he explains that the ties there are $500. Because I was like, how much could this Volarte, Volante tie cost? Well, it turns out it's total nonsense. But in some other episode, they say they're $500. <laughs> Have you ever taken the bus on a long road trip? Yeah, I took a uh, Greyhound to New York and back. Oh, how was that? Well, I lost my phone on the way back. It was quite devastating. It was in the final leg of the journey. But uh, on the windowsill, there's a bit of a gap in which objects, including your life force, such as your phone, can slip into and (laughs) fail to be recovered. So I had a connecting bus in Columbus, and it would, like, left in 20 minutes. So I had to decide whether or not I wanted to potentially find my phone, not get it, be stuck in Columbus without any way home, or get on my bus without a phone and just know I'm going to make it to Cincinnati and then just figure it out then. So I chose the latter. And then the bus station, I was like, hey, can I borrow your phone? Four people turned me down and I was like, that seems fair. And then the fifth nice gentleman was like, yes, you can, but I'm going to hold it while you talk. And I was like, all right. (laughs) And I was like, dad, can you come pick me up? (laughs) In Columbus? In Cincinnati. Like my, I was switching bunches in Columbus. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, if I... Lose my phone. Maybe I can reach out to my family who lives in Columbus, but fucking how? So I was like, let me just get to the city in which I live, and then we'll figure it out. That was a bummer, though. Trip was fun. But yeah, it's like, it was what, oh, it's 16, to 18 hours? Somebody with a name. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. So the first time I was in uh, Pennsylvania um, visiting an animal sanctuary that I went on a service trip, and so I was visiting the people there, staying there. And then what? Uh, can you, so I, I did a service trip in college. I didn't actually go to class in college, but I went on service trips. <laughs> and uh, it was to an annual sanctuary. And the summer following that, we went back, a couple of the people who were on that trip in Pennsylvania, and lived off the land. We showered or like washed ourselves in the creek with that like whatever soap has so many words that you can actually. Is this a TV movie Dr. that Bronner's, you have yeah. pretended is your appropriate? Own life? No, no, this is actual real. This is actual real fact. <laughs> and then I was, uh, I realized that I was super close to New York where a friend of mine lived um, who also took my male virginity. And so I was like, bet, I can just visit him. So I sent all of my like rugged outdoorsy clothes, which are not that rugged and outdoorsy because of who I am as a person, back with them home to Cincinnati for my parents, for them to drop it off at my parents' house. And then I went up to New York with a dream and a credit card and just hopped off the bus, went straight to H&M, bought a fuck ton of outfits, and was like, New York, here I come. Wow. Yeah. So How took long a bus were you then. gone? Two weeks. <laughs> I know, and I had lied to the person there, and I was like, I think I told him I worked for P&G. Who knows why? And then uh, he was like, do you need to, like, call work or something? And I was like, oh, bet, yeah. And then I was like, I got my vacation extended. Because <laughs> I was only supposed to be there for a couple of days, and I was there for two weeks. Fun. So Liz is aghast that he's taking the bus just as I am that you took it. 
<laughs> Jack's like, yeah, I had to. Ever since these buffoons from Detroit took private planes, the rest of us have to put on a show. And now your president, who, by the way, is Kenyan and smokes cigarettes, has created an industry task force for microwaves and small appliances. But Liz is like, why? Do you need to be bailed out with my tax dollars? Scandal. To which Jack says, even if they wanted to, I wouldn't take it. It's corporate welfare, Lemon. Which is, you know, there's corporate welfare. Exactly. <laughs> Granted, the microwave industry isn't what it used to be, and the American love affair with microwave oven has cooled since the post-war heyday. So we flash back to this, like, American bandstand sort of situation, and this song is a bop. Doing the microwave. Do the microwave. And then as we pull back, we see in the front row dancing, Kenneth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, Kenneth is a up. He's like, but unlike Detroit, we don't need handouts or regulations. Fucking Republicans. He's like, but they did it super quickly to like an emotional person who actually cares. Rarely. And I was like, no, where was the last place you remember? <laughs> Retainer. So cute. She's like, I took it out to eat astronaut ice cream at the Aerospace Museum. And he's like, Aerospace Museum. So we now see all the other people who are pissed at Liz because of deal breakers. Um, Frank's got on his spaceship owner hat. He's like, if your man collects action figures, that's a deal breaker. Last week, I picked up this girl after practicing Jedi moves in Prospect Park. Also a deal breaker. I took her back to my house on the handlebars of my bike, as that is. <laughs> Snuck her inside past my mom. Wow, that's four. She sees my main condition Hellboy figure and starts quoting your dumb book. And then Lutz is me in 10th grade. Also, my girlfriend's mad in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and Liz is like, ugh. <laughs> Kenneth so in all Kenneth- sweetness, yes, and sincerity. Kenneth wants some time off from his 20-hour day so he can volunteer at an animal shelter. And he also volunteers... <laughs> <laughs> Pants for zoo animals, which I agree with, and Big Brother. <laughs> and this is like, really? I did Big Sister in college. The girl taught me how to use tampons. Oh, my God. And he's like, this is the Big Brother that is, is affiliated with mentoring. It's an organization that secretly watches people and makes sure they're behaving properly. And not since Ryan from The Office has someone whipped out a fucking notepad in a more funny way. I got there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So Jenna, who's so pissed that they're going to hire a cast member, says... Oh, my God. Calm down. Liz, I don't know if you saw the I got this part. Don't worry about it. Oh, good. Liz, I don't know if you saw the crawl. That doesn't sound like Jenna at all. (laughs) I'm going to literally murder you. Um, Go for it, then. Why don't you? Liz, I don't know if you saw the crawl on the TV (laughs) Guide channel, but I've agreed to star in a sexy supernatural thriller in the vein of Twilight and True Blood. Did you ever watch True Blood? I tried. It's a lot of bloody vampire sex, even in episode one. That was like my go-to show that we watched in high school and college with my uh, core two other friends. <laughs> um, it was an absolute blast. You should watch it. Watch Buffy. I tried. She was wearing a side <laughs> clip that wasn't holding any hair. It was so 90s. And Liz's like, oh, that's good. The vampire movies are hot right now. She's like, this is actually a werewolf picture that for tax reasons is shitting in Iceland. I play a moon scientist who's trying to get to the bottom of things and who, spoiler alert, may herself be a werewolf. Oh, my God. So, yeah, she's basically Harrison Schmidt. 
Um, except she's going to be shooting this thing in Iceland, and we'll find out later, during a time when the sun doesn't set. Also, Harrison Schmidt is the only scientist who's actually been to the moon. Research! Hey! So. But it also reminds me of New Girl, when Nick is explaining his book to Jess's father, and he's like, yeah, like (laughs) Twilight. And he's like, no, does Twilight have vampires? Yes, 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 it does. Does does Twilight have a, a love story between them? Yes, yes, it does. Is Twilight set in Seattle? Yes, yes, it is. He's like, oh, I love that scene. So we find out that Jenna is replacing Victoria Beckham. <laughs> Liz pleads with Jenna to sit down and talk about this like adults. Meanwhile, Tracy barrels down the hallway and is like, Liz Lemon, you booger face. I'm going to kill you with a bazooka. He throws her book at her, but hits Jenna in the face without remorse. <laughs> I love that moment. <laughs> I bought my wife that dumb book of yours, and the more Angie reads it, the madder she gets at me. Remember that's on you, Trey. No, it's off me. <laughs> a book had to cause me this much trouble since where's Waldo went to that barber pole factory. This is one of my favorite lines of the entire episode. So Jack's at a table uh, testifying. <laughs> He's at a table. It's mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> That'll take, this'll take 10 minutes. Let's hit the Meadowlands racetrack on the way home. I've got a betting system based on horse penis size. Now, what do you think? Do you think the larger the penis, the slower they'll go because of resistance? I don't know, but I saw a horse, a male horse pee at a very young age, and it was traumatizing. Because the penis was so large. Humongous, and they, like, open up, and they're like... I don't know that that was a horse. I think you were in the opening scene of Men in Black. (laughs) Well, one of our all-time favorites, Devin Banks, is back. Is it true, Mr. Donaghy, that your executives routinely use company helicopters to drive their home tennis courts? Yes and no. Yes, that did happen. No, it didn't not happen. And that GE kept a party down... Party clown on retainer with a six-figure salary. When Silly Willie's fee was <laughs> when Silly Willie's fee was amortized over all birthdays company wide. I'm being told that company money is being gambled on at racetracks. Yes, but I have a system. In 2007, a GE officer used corporate funds to throw a cabaret-themed Halloween party on Fire Island. As I recall, that was you. That one makes me laugh, Mister Johnny. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed by the negligence and incompetence. It's an affront to your shareholders and, frankly, to the American people. Mr. Banks, you go and tell your president the truth. We don't need the government telling us how to run our industry. I've heard He enough. brings out a fucking gavel. It's like, why do you have a gavel? This isn't Congress. He's like, I run from home. <laughs> gavel, gavel, gavel. Do you think he plays Judging Amy? Oh, what a great show. <laughs> so now Tracy shows up at Liz's apartment. Congratulations, Liz Lemon. Now Angie wants a break. So instead of going to a hotel or my houseboat, which I cannot find, <laughs> I'm staying with the women that started this problem in the first place. Which is not fair, as Liz Lemon states. And then he quickly moves on to, there's a garbage bag in the hallway with a reef shark in it. Just put him in the tub with a reef. And then the bag in the hallway <laughs> flips around. You're like, ah! It's scary. It's very scary. I don't What's like What's for it. dinner? I want pierogies. So we flash to Kenneth. He's doing some volunteering. He never sleeps. He's immortal. And he's talking to the person at the animal shelter, and he's like, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to find home for all these animals, but, you know, the most important thing is that you don't become emotionally attached to them. I grew up on a pig farm where we all had animals. Even the birds that cleaned our teeth were workers, <laughs> not pets. I've never even had a dog because, as my mom would say, you can't eat love. And as my friend, my mom's friend, Ron, would say, the donkey died. You're the donkey now, Kenneth. 
You can't hurry, love. Oh, you'll just have to wait. The donkey has died, and you're the donkey now, Kenneth. So he picks up a, a fluffy puppy, fluffy mutt, <laughs> and says, For some reason, just another animal. Shivers up my spine. <laughs> Might as well be a rat, an adorable rat who shows you it's okay to be scared during a thunderstorm. Why? Aww. It seems crazy to me to. Even give a dog like this a name. For example, Bandit. And that's <laughs> Reggie. And there's Digger. Okay. Well, the dogs that are scheduled to be put down today have red tags on. I will adopt all of them. <laughs> Tracy and Liz's residence. Tracy speaking. Tracy, it's Jenna. Is Liz there? It's Jenna from work. Jenna, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. What's going on? Night Stalkers has encountered some production speed bumps that are complicating my schedule. Well, I need you back by Friday. What kind of speed bumps? Well, Iceland appears to have a different sun than America because this one is not setting. Oh, yeah, of course, because it's so far north. And you probably don't know this because you've never played a moonologist. But werewolves only come out at night. Yes, I remember that from the thriller video. Too soon. Did it, what is your plan, Jenna? Well, evidently, as it gets later in the year, the sun will start to set. I'm told tomorrow night we make it as much as a minute of darkness. Really? So you're going to shoot this movie one minute at a time just to punish me? Liz, I don't even know what you're talking about. What new cast number? Bye. No, you... What's wrong, Rumi? Well, two of my co-workers are driving me insane, so I'm going to kill them in their sleep tonight. <laughs> 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 So we're back now. Jack's in his office. He's like, Jonathan, call Don Geist's office. And Les Winkler in corporate communications. Susan Cunningham and Alan Junkin. I don't know if those are real people. Those aren't. So I looked them all up. All three of them. And they are real people, but not real funny people. And they don't work for... Uh... Do they work for the government? No. Susan Cunningham is a geologist. Alan Junkins is a microbiologist. Yes. So Banks is in his office and he's like, Banks, you son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch! Give me a drink! You know, revenge is a dis best served cold jack, like sashimi or pizza. He's like, Do you Disgusting. prefer cold pizza? Gross. The morning after, it's Can't. the best. Better than hot no. pizza? Insane. No. I prefer hot pizza, but cold pizza is delicious. You don't tell me what kind of pizza to like. You don't tell me anything anymore, Jack. It was a year ago you kicked me to the curb. I became blotting my revenge that very day. I knew I had to line myself with something more powerful than GE. And since American Idol's not until January, that left you the United States government. So I spent all last fall raising money, worming my way into Obama's inner circle. And he's like on his hands and knees like a teen on a bed. And he's like, oh my gosh, Malia, he did not say that. Let's text him now. So after the election, he realized that he could have had any ambassadorship he wanted, even to the world's gayest country, Ireland, <gasps> which is interesting because Ireland is the only country that's democratically voted on gay rights. And gay rights won. Way to go, Ireland. Way to go, Ireland. It looks like you were gearing up to say more. It's <laughs> preparing. So instead... He suggested that I take on this task force. And he shoots him. He's like, see, I had you in my sights the whole time. Pyong. 
What kind of gun was that? It's a laser gun. It's unstoppable. You listen to me, Banks. You keep your spray tan little hands off this company. Too late. Your testimony is going to make headlines in every paper across the country tomorrow. But it wasn't a public hearing. Oops, somebody must have leaked it. You did. You leaked it. <laughs> yes, and I'm no, just getting started. This is my started. actual favorite line. That is 100% my favorite line. You did. You leaked it. By the time I'm done, you're going to make AIG look like the Lehman Brothers of microwaves. Oh, no. Jack's like, you were destroying an entire company just to get to me? Think of the pensions, the employees, the kittens that we used as microwave strength. I like how pensions is first. Over employees. Over kittens. That <laughs> they kill. Enjoy your view while you can, Jack. You'll be here for about three days tops. And that's all I'll need, Banks. You watch me. I'll make this company profitable so fast the headline will be Donaghy Saves GE. Marries your mom. The thing I love most about these guys is that it's always childhood barbs, always super mask, rough talking, and it's always hot. Is it? He's like, see you in a couple of days, Jack. Pyong. You? Laser shield. He's like, laser shield. (laughs) So now we're back at Liz's apartment where Tracy has his glasses on. He's still reading Deal Breakers, and the phone rings. He's like, Tracy and Liz's residence. Tracy speaking. (laughs) It's super cute. So it's Jenna, and Tracy gives the phone to Liz, who is miffed because it's fucking two in the morning. And we find out that Night Stalkers, the name of her werewolf movie, has hit some production speed bumps because they don't actually have a sunset in Iceland at that time. As Jenna says, yeah, Iceland seems to have a different sun than America because this one isn't setting. Ugh. And you probably don't know this because you've never played a moonologist, but werewolves only come out at night. (laughs) Yes, I remember that from the thriller video. Too soon! (laughs) Says Tracy. As if you couldn't. Obviously. Duh. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, what's your plan, Jenna? She's like, well, evidently, as it gets later on in the year, the sun will start to set. I'm told tomorrow night we might get as much as one minute of darkness. Really? So you're going to shoot this movie a minute at a time? Just to punish me? Liz, I don't even know what you're talking about. What new cast member? (laughs) So then Tracy adorably says, what's wrong, roommate? (laughs) Which Liz is like, well, two of my coworkers are driving me insane, so I'm going to kill them in their sleep. (laughs) 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 So Jack calls two at 2 a.m., which is like, okay, why is everyone doing this to this poor woman? And ask Liz, as a single woman, would you be more inclined to buy a new microwave? It could be programmed to ask you about your day. Before you answer, consider your loneliness. <laughs> I'm hanging up now. Uh, so they Tracy dress says, the elephant in the room, not the figurine elephant that Tracy has brought, but the fact that so much of Dealbreaker's talk show is actually based on Tracy's... No, not talk show. Ooh, that's going to be fun once we get there. But the book is based on Tracy Jordan's life. To quote, if your man has seven cell phones but won't give you any of the numbers, that's a deal breaker. If your man owns a diamond necklace that says open marriage, that's a deal breaker. Liz Tracy, Lemon, every course, little thing I've done. A necklace that says open marriage. You used me to write your book. She's like, maybe it was inspired by you. He's like, you stole my life and you're going to pay for it. She's like, really? You're going to make my life worse than it is right now? How? So we go back to 30 Rock, and Kenneth has a sign that says volunteers needed to adopt dogs. It's God spelled backwards. Volunteers needed to adopt? That feels like 
Why would you volunteer? I mean, I guess you volunteered to adopt. Kenneth isn't even from this century. <laughs> so my favorite part's coming up. Tracy says we'll take all the dogs. But we're doing a walk and talk with Pete. And Liz is complaining as usual. Tracy and Jenna are like children. And like children, you can't always reason with them when they're upset. All you can do is turn up the heat, pour, put some whiskey in their juice, and wait for them to sleep to save you. This is Pete talking about his kids. Gross. Yes. And she's like, well, that's not going to work for me because Jenna's immune to whiskey and Tracy's afraid of juice. <laughs> but then Pete says, oh, and not to add to your problems, but Paula read your book. And he shoves her really hard against the wall. I love that part. I love the violence. <laughs> so Jack comes down to the writer's room at 30 Rock and is like, brainstorming session. Let's try to stop mouth breathing for one minute. Directed at Lutz, who almost dies. And he's like, we need to find an idea that will change the way we live, make this company great, much like the light bulb, and you have to create an idea that's as good as the light bulb today. Go. So Frank's wearing a hat that says not guilty. <laughs> Gross. They're talking about microwaves, and Frank's really upset. And he's like, well, it's kind of annoying when you're microwaving like a burrito, and the burrito won't rotate because it's too big. It gets caught on the sides, <laughs> and the tray underneath it rotates, but it doesn't rotate. <laughs> so they decide to make it bigger And then Twofer chimes in with Haven't you ever heard of Making it break down Shoddier Excellent, bigger and not as well made And Pete's like, well that's exactly like the philosophy That almost destroyed the US auto industry This isn't the auto industry, Pete The auto industry is run by a bunch of Out of touch white guys selling consumer product They didn't want We're GE, damn it We're gonna make so a giant flimsy microwave <laughs> So they're in Jack's office trying to make this microwave thing happen. I'm really into microwaves right now. And the door is too big, so they create four doors. Then suddenly they put wheels on it. Can you imagine where this is going? It becomes a car, guys. We've invented the Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> so we're back in Iceland. We go all over the fucking world this episode. And we finally have some nightfall. And Jenna's like... <laughs> Oh my God, is the flashlight in this hand or is it in this hand? Or, oh my God, what are we doing? Oh, the sun's up. Whoops. Brutal. Yeah, so Jenna continues to suck at everything, including life. Oh ruins the shoot for the day. And she's like, they get no shot at all. And she's like, you guys are the real heroes. <laughs> she's the nightmare. You guys are the real stars. So now Liz goes into our apartment where there's a bunch of barking dogs. <laughs> Terrible. And Jeffrey Wiener's slave must have been busy because we're peer mediating today with Jack. So he's like, since I have neither the time nor the energy to even pretend that your situation is a real problem, to which Tracy said she doesn't like to refill the Brita. <laughs> I'm going to cut the baby in half. Tracy takes the top half because that's the part with the face. Liz, because you wrote it about Tracy's life for your own gain, Tracy should be allowed to use your life as he sees fit. I'll have Jonathan call legal and get a life rights contract drawn up. Wait, what do you mean? Tracy will own my life story? <laughs> what are you going to do with my life story? Tracy says, obviously, something humiliating. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jack. It's your only move, Lemon. Sometimes the way back down is up. Tell the story, Nick. Let me tell you a story. It's 1994. I went ice climbing, and I fell into a crevasse, or a crevasse, <laughs> I hurt my leg. I couldn't climb back up. So fighting every natural instinct, doing the thing that seemed most awful to me, I climbed down into the darkness. That's how I got up. 
When I got back to base camp, I went and found my fellow climber, the one who'd cut me loose after I fell, and I said, Connie Chung, <laughs> you did the right thing. <laughs> Climb down, Lemon. Climb down. <laughs> so Jenna's back in New York. Uh, Night Stalkers is taking a brief, permanent hiatus. Been there. And Liz's like, maybe now we can talk. Jenna, I'm your friend no matter what, and I always will be. Oh, Liz, I would love to really do this, but I have to go home for the day. So she's sick um, for normal reasons. Julie, what are those reasons? Well, she has mercury poison from obsessively taking her rectal temperature. Devastating. So everyone's in the writer's room or Jack's office, and they haven't slept. Their hair's all crazy. Dinesh looks bonkers. <laughs> they added cup holders. So now that's when we find out, really, the car we have created is a Pontiac Aztec. And then we're in Liz's and office, and Subas comes in, and she's like, thank you, Subas. But instead, he dumps her trash all over the room. He's like, you are the deal breaker. <laughs> now, it's still contentious between the new roommates of Liz and Tracy. Liz has found out that Tracy's ordered pay-per-view at her apartment. Tracy's willing to go splitsies. Liz is unamused. You ordered six adult movies in two days, some of the names being The Curious Case of Benjamin Butt. Lovely. I'm a do us. <laughs> I will not be judged by you. Rock me, I'm a do us. I'm a do us. Rock me, I'm a do us. Until you're adequately debased, you will subsidize my predilection for erotica. Oh, yeah, and I used your credit card to buy a vocabulary course from the teaching company. Liz realizes that she has to climb down into the darkness. And she tells him that with his life rights, she needs to make. A porn parody of Liz's life. And she's going to write it. Yeah. <laughs> so Jack's all disheartened. I didn't think it would end like this, Jonathan. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. And oh. in comes Banks. Bang! A whimper, in, Banks. a whimper indeed, Jack. <laughs> I only came here to wish you luck on your new venture. Where do you think that'll be? Selling fake weed to NYU students? Do you think Banks is a top or bottom or just down for whatever? Bottom city. I have like, yeah, I mean, I think verse bottom. When he was at the Hamptons or Nags Head or wherever they were and he was like yeah. wrestling with the dude. Fair. He wasn't trying to mount him. <laughs> he was trying to be mounted. Fair. Correct. But why is he into Kenneth? Kenneth strikes me as a bottom. Yeah, I don't know why anyone would be into Kenneth, but... <laughs> Just curious. So Jack says, I'll have you know that Barry Diller and I are working on a whole new approach to media, combining all the digital. And he's like, just let me drink. See you around, Jack. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be such a part of you hitting rock bottom, huh? So now Jack decides to go into the crevasse. Everyone is a top here, and they're going into the crevasse. Liz, Jack, who knows? And he decides that... He is going to twist the situation to make it seem as if Jack cannot get the bailout money because that would humiliate him, thus ensuring Devin will give Jack the bailout money. Saving the company. Way to go, Jack. Thanks. <laughs> I played He's like, Jack. you'll have to come down to Washington. Report to me like a schoolboy. Your hand's <laughs> sticky from candy. <laughs> And the worst part is I wouldn't even want the money while I'm being both of them in the same book. Okay, I'll, which one will I be? You can be Jack. Okay. And the worst part is I wouldn't even want the money. No, you wouldn't. Jack Donaghy taking welfare. 
and he'd kill you with so many jobs at stake, you'd have to take it. I'd make you. I'd make you take it all. I'd roll over and let you give it to me. Top, you're right. I'm honestly <laughs> not trying to make this sound gay. No one is. It's just happening. One word to the president. I own you. I own this office. I own that fancy little fellow outside. It'd kill me, but I'd do it for the company. Gross. <laughs> hey, Sasha, is your dad home? <laughs> what? You have to invite everyone to your party, even Zach S.? So now Tracy is directing the porn Liz and porn Jenna. <laughs> it says to everybody, everybody settle and action. So the real Jenna and the real Liz are watching porn Jenna and porn Liz on the couch. <laughs> and she's like, it's not just about the new cast member. When you always put the show ahead of me, it makes me feel like we're growing apart. <laughs> well, that's because I wanted Rachel Dratch in the first place and they just stuck me with you. So... <laughs> Jenna, you're my friend. No matter what, I will always look after you. That's not going to change. Oh, Liz, thank you for giving me the hotter porn lady. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, we should get out of here. She's like, yes, we should. Liz leaves. Jenna stays and watches them make out. Gross. <laughs> so he's like, is everything okay with Tracy? He's like, yeah, I think so. Jen's, uh, Liz. It's like, yeah, I think so. And Jenna and Frank are even, it's with Jenna and Frank and even Subas. And you? I live to fight another day. <laughs> She's having the scene with real Jack, and then in a there second, yeah, yeah, porn yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. are going to have the yeah. same conversation, yeah. but it's porn there it is. porn yeah, Jack. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Had what a week, huh? Porn. And Jack says, Lemon, it's only Wednesday. I think this is the most memed moment in 30 Rock. I really? see this everywhere. Yeah. What a week. Do you see it now? At Wednesday. Just <laughs> <laughs> checking. So porn Jack and porn Liz re relive this moment. And oh wait, oh, I forgot. Oh he hands her he's like, that was bad news, but here's some good news. He hands her her retainer and the noises she make are she makes are the best. She's like, now my dad won't be mad at me. Ah, ah, ah. He's like, take it out, Lemon. She's like, you can't get out, Donaghy. <laughs> And the super creepy porn actors are like, everything goes with Tracy. So, Porn Jack should be a porn actor, is it? Porn Jenna could be a porn actor, is it? Porn Liz. Great. So they have the same creepy conversation, only in like breathy tones. Like, I think so. Like this. And Jenna oh too. God. And Frank. Wow. And even Subas. Oh my God. I live to fight another day. But at what cost? My virginity. What a week, huh? Lemon. It's only Wednesday. But it's not all bad news. My retainer. How will I ever thank you? And Tracy yells out, Hey, cut. This is disgusting. Shut it down. <laughs> so he ends with a deal breaker. Nice. Hey. Hey. So I would say overall, super fucking funny episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this was, I mean, we'll let the chat decide, but ultimately this was a fucking blast. Oh, the chat is the decider? We're going to decide Gosh. if my views are actually worth anything, if they're close to yours. And Emma's. True. Let's rent, let's rate this mofo. Boom. Ready? I'm ready. Send. 93 from Nick, 94 from me, 96 from Emma. Wow, Emma, what's your favorite part? 
What do you? She's wh- addicted to porn. <laughs> I mean, I honestly just love the retainer through line. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the one minute shoot. <laughs> it's cracking up. And the, oh my god, Tracy answering the phone. Was <laughs> in Tracy's Tracy, residence. Tracy speaks. Tracy speaking. It's like how we were trained to answer the phone when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> Cotter residence. This is Emma. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's <laughs> Cotter residence. This is Nick. I don't think we were ever trained how to answer the phone at my house. <sighs> Sad. Oh no. <laughs> it all stems from a lack of manners. Where do we head next week, Nick? Do you know what the next one is? Next week isn't the talk show, is it? No, no. No, no. Uh, we're going to look for the hillbilly ventriloquist. Yeah, this is one of my least favorite episodes of all time. Worse than um, the BET Awards? Because so far, that is the worst episode. I I mean, maybe. We'll, we'll have see. to see. I don't remember. And every time we've been like, I hate this one, I end up being like, that's eh, funny. Same. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Blurg. Season four is killing it. Uh, we hope you got some laughs. We had some seriously random stories. Now we're both standing up liking like serial killers. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to hear what we think about other things and other random stories like our bus trip from this one, please listen to Takes All Over the Place, our other podcast that's available wherever you found this one. Uh, <laughs> hope you have a great week. Hope your house is filled with dogs and sweet friends like Tracy Jordan. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, Emma. Bye, Nick. Bye. Bye. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. (laughs) The awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. (laughs) We love you, Frank.